stopped, get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar could not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he's done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leading. <laughs> I'm leading. <laughs> you plated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows. And if you ain't right... They'll send your ass to the rear. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Open Red, the official podcast of the World of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars. My name is Rob Blount from Dirt Vision. Alongside of me, as always, Nick Graziano, the PR god of the World of Outlaws. Nick, I'm how's here it going? Again. I am great. How are you? I'm doing great. Did you go to the track this weekend? I unfortunately did not, but I oh, watched man. it on Dirt Vision, and it was great. I kind of I feel bad you didn't go. I, me too. Yeah. I was very jealous of this weekend. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a pretty awesome weekend of racing. Um, Attica put on a great show, Attica Raceway Park, on Friday night, the Kistler Racing Engines Classic. That was the name of it, right? Yes. Kistler Classic? Kistler Racing Engines. Engines. Yep. Oh, hey, they make yeah. engines. Yes, they do. Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, that was a fun show. We, uh, unofficially, like in my mind, I was calling it the prelude to the Brad Doty Classic. Um because we'll be back there in just just about July. a month, right? Just before uh, Kings Royal. Okay, so like a month and a half-ish. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back at Attica Raceway Park. The Outlaws always put on a show at Attica Raceway Park. Friday was no exception. That win belonged to David Gravel. And then Saturday. Oh, my Whew. goodness. What a Man. show. I felt like a little kid watching the end of that race again. That was so cool. So I can't even say that I did because I never really watched dirt racing as a kid. So, like, when I knew that of that driver, I just kind of knew him as someone that ran in the Cup Series and was, like, decent. Right. You know, contended for wins every once in a while if things would fall his way. Like Darlington 2003, for example. He was right there, and if Kurt Busch and Ricky Craven would have wrecked, then he would have been celebrating victory lane. But I didn't really know him as what he was uh, in the – early and mid-90s as a World of Outlaws driver. So seeing this on Saturday was just so cool. cool. And if you don't know what we're talking about, Dave freaking Blaney went to Victory Lane at Sharon Speedway in his hometown of Hartford, Ohio, uh, on Saturday night. Even cooler, in a throwback scheme to his dad, Lou Blaney, too. Oh, yeah. So awesome. Really Um, nice looking car. It was a Blaney vs. Hoddenshield showdown. It was wild. <laughs> like, I, I, I could not believe this? it. Yeah, I could not believe. Like, I didn't even realize. Like, I knew he was up there, but like, I didn't comprehend until like the future. I'm like, oh wait, they they Blaney's up here. Oh, yeah, he, he's in the podium. He's top. He's second. What? Well, it didn't. It didn't feel like anything. Of like, we weren't paying attention to any of that because Sheldon Hoddenshield was doing Sheldon Hoddenshield things right. and just driving on the fence all the way up to a seven second lead at one point. Uh, and then heartbreak. We talk every single yeah. week, it seems I, I like, of we'll things happening to yeah, Sheldon, it's... and something happened to Sheldon, and again, it wasn't any of his making. Well, Ugh. we'll get into that, I guess. Yes, we will get into it, uh, but first, we're going to talk about our upcoming guest. Uh, Who's he's... also had a pretty spectacular run so far, too. Yes, yes he has. He uh, won uh, earlier this month at the Eldora Speedway during the sunlight uh, he also went from 19th to 3rd on Friday night at Attica Raceway Park. And, Nick, i got to tell you, that kind of run takes some balls. It takes some big balls. It takes some big balls. It takes some nicely groomed balls. Uh, and you can do that with the new Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. The new one is out. If you haven't been listening the last few weeks, you've probably heard this announcement, but the new... Lawnmower from Manscaped, the 4.0, is out. It is available. Nick forgot about this like the first three weeks that I told him about it, but it is on the market now, and it's it's pretty incredible, Nick. I am like as excited as watching Dave Blaney win right now. R- really? Yes. I thought you would be more so. More so? Yes. Well, I haven't seen it yet. I got to see it, but I'm I'm be even more excited when I see it. I, you know, it's- I have seen it. I can believe it. Because seeing is believing. Uh, and you will be a believer if you get the Lawnmower 4.0 plus the Weed Whacker. 
That is right. You could do that. Get both of those products, 20% off plus free shipping with promo code OPENRED20 at manscaped.com. Uh, you can also still, I believe, get the uh, the full package. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yes, the full package uh, with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Mop Ball Wipes, the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. Excuse me. You can get all of that for 20% off plus free shipping if you use OpenRid20 at Manscaped.com. Uh, you know, it could make a pretty good Father's Day gift, Nick. Yeah, it could. Um, sure. Um, I don't think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It it would. It might be. You know, it depends on the relationship that you have with your dad, because uh, it could be an awkward one. But you know, if you guys are pretty tight and your dad, pre- pretty you know, open about things, uh, you know, you're getting you can, older. You do that. I care about your balls. Here's the full package. Just take care of them. There you go. Open red twenty. Father's Day. <laughs> I gotta tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, the, this, the the slogan for this week's read is just hilarious. This year, show your original home some love with Manscaped. <laughs> Listen, whoever writes these, you are supremely talented. Um, and I envy your writing skills. That is phenomenal. So, again, that is... Uh, OpenRed20 at Manscaped.com. Get yourself 20% off plus free shipping. And uh, now I think it's time to move on, Nick, and welcome in this week's guest. As we said, he went from 19th to 3rd on Friday night at Attica Raceway Park. He is the Myers Town Missile. He is Brent Marks. And today with us is Brent Marks, who has been on fire recently with the World of Outlaws. Brent, welcome on the show, and uh, it's good to see you uh, having some good runs again. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's great to be on, and uh, yeah, the last month has been pretty fun, and and uh, just been been working hard to to rebuild my team again, and just uh, things have been going really well. So um, we just got to keep working hard and keep it up, and uh, just try to compete for wins every race like we have been and um yeah i'm just really really enjoying enjoying it right now so everything's going great did you have all this equipment just kind of um stowed away waiting to be ready to get going again if you needed it or did you kind of have to piece everything back together again no i I kept everything Mm -hmm. um actually the deal with cjb came together so late in 2019 that uh i had actually already got everything purchased and sent in to uh to our shop here uh to prepare to go you know back out on the tour again in 2020 so um i had already had everything here ready to go and um just needed to put together and then uh you know that opportunity came along and and uh you know i took it so everything just kind of sat idle and and things um you know starting to slowly get put back together now but um yeah just uh that was one good thing about coming back to my car was that i had everything already sitting here so i didn't have to call and spend a bunch of money and and uh wait all this time for things to get sent in 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 order for me to start rebuilding so i was pretty fortunate you know in in that aspect i'm guessing that made the decision like a lot easier for you to be like you know i'm thinking i gotta make a change and now i can make a change because everything's already sitting here like if you didn't have that available to you already do you do you think that you would have made a change or would you still be running with them uh, i mean it, i mean it made it a lot more simpler to, to make that decision yes um you know just because i i knew i could be back out there the following weekend um you know and if i was in a position like most drivers where you know they they don't really have anything to fall back on um that would have been a little bit more of a tough tougher decision to make just because you know, you're not sure what you can do, uh, who you, who you can go drive for, what's available. Um, a lot of the time there's really nothing available during the season. So, um, that makes it hard for a lot of guys to, to make those decisions. But, um, for me, you know, I knew I didn't have to, you know, with what all went down, you know, we just knew that I could leave and then give myself ample time to, get some stuff together to go back out and race right away. So yeah, it just, you know, it was easier decision for me because of that. So all that stuff was basically brand new untested equipment. Uh, 
Are you surprised at how strong you've been in it right out the gate, pretty much, knowing that you didn't really have any time in it other than just to get it built and get out there? I mean, kind of, you know, to uh, to be honest with you. But uh, over the over the last year and a half, I've I've been thinking about a lot of things and stuff that I, I've I've wanted to try in the past that I never did, and um, really just kind of sat down and started writing some stuff down you know, that, you know, ideas that I had that, you know, I think that would, that might work or might not work stuff that we should test, you know, and, um, things I wanted to try over there too. Uh, but you know, it just, it just never, never got to it. But, um, I figured now while well, coming back to my team and now would be the perfect opportunity because, you know, I'm not involved in anything with points or anything like that. Uh, so just, uh, go out there and try some stuff that I hadn't, in mind and see if it works and um you know so far so good so i've been really happy with it so that kind of you know kind of is a little surprising to me because you know a lot of the stuff that i have been trying here or or have been that i have been doing uh has been stuff that i wanted to try for a long time um you know and it's it's paying off so uh just uh you know right now the hardest part is just to try to keep it up and you know, and you can you can run good for a month or two, and then things starts to fall off a little bit. And then you kind of chase your tail for a while. So I want to make sure I don't get to that point. And um, you know, that's where I just have to just make sure I keep working every week, and you know, not let things slip. Uh, obviously, before joining CJB, you were on a tour. I believe it was three uh, full time years since then. Um, yeah. And then joining them, they kind of decided to do, kind of stick around the PA, uh, some other races here and there. What made you decide to join them um, and kind of go with that route? Well, I never really had the opportunity to, to drive for a uh, professional team like that and uh, something I always wanted to do and just, uh, just to see how it would go and, you know, um, just pick up on some things that maybe I could learn and, and, and just – you know, I think some, I just thought it was an opportunity that would allow me to grow as a person and as a driver and, and stuff like that. So, um, I just, uh, I wanted to do it something I wanted to do for a long time and felt like it was a great opportunity to, uh, to join CJB. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't regret anything that, that we've done over there. I think, you know, we ran really good last year and we had some good runs this year and, um, won some races together and you know uh I, I don't regret you know going over cjb at all i think it was you know a great opportunity for me and and um you know i hope in some way that i may have helped you know their program a little bit too and um you know you just always hope that when you get involved in things like that that you can leave a little bit of yourself behind you know that hopefully have made you know um an organization a little bit better so um I know that they've uh, made me grow and made me a little bit better, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just been a it was a it was a good year and a half. But you know, some sometimes things come to an end, and and we uh, we go our separate ways, and you know, and, and that's that's what happened. And you know, just um, I just been happy being back in my own car again, and you know, didn't realize how much I missed it till I got back here, and. Um, yeah, my workload's become a lot more, but that's okay too. Uh, you know, I've I always I really enjoy working on these things too. So, um, just trying to put all the pieces back together now. And the biggest struggle right now is just you know getting to the part of the season where there's so much racing going on. And um, yes, I had everything sitting here, but now it's the to the point where we got to get it all together and build the team back to you know, just build depth in the team and build it back to what what it was and hopefully better than what it was. Uh, and, you know, doing that takes a couple months of preparation and, you know, like off season work. And so I'm trying to cram all that, that time into a, you know, a few weeks worth of, you know, um, work. So just, uh, yeah, just, um, just staying busy. Are you trying to rebuild it back into a, a full-time outlaw team again? Is that your hopes, what you'd like to try and get back doing? Or are you going to kind of maybe stay in that PA region and kind of do uh, sporadic things here and there like you did before? No, my, my goal is to get back out in the World of Outlaw Tour. And we're, we've been working on some things and um, working on some stuff with uh, my sponsors. And and uh, hopefully we'll have something 
to announce here soon that I think is going to be really cool. Awesome. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, it just been trying to piece all the piece everything back together, um, you know, and that's going to take some time. But um, I want to come back out on the Outlaw Tour. Uh, I'm not sure what that timeline is going to be, but we're going to work on uh, work on doing that, you know, as much as we can. So that's just that's been my goal from day one, and that's still my goal now. And um, you know, I never really wanted to leave originally. Um, but you know, I wanted to take on another opportunity and do something different and, and, uh, they felt like, you know, they wanted to take a different route. So I supported everything that they wanted to do, um, over there. And, um, you know, it was fun, you know, racing all over and doing different things too. But, you know, I, being away from the outlaws for, well, it's going to be two years now. You know, I definitely do miss being out there with, with them. So I just, uh, that's my goal to get back. As a fan of the series, I think it would be a lot of fun to have you back just purely based off of uh what i remember seeing from you in 2019 when i started following the outlaws full-time uh working here and you know just the little bit this year that you've run with us you've been so competitive this year it's been so much fun to watch especially friday night going from uh, i think 19th up to the, the podium uh that was a heck of a run but earlier you mentioned personal growth as as a, as a person but also as as a driver uh was a goal of yours that you wanted to achieve uh, over the last year and a half or so um as a driver do you feel like you've accomplished that goal because i remember you being a threat to win but not a consistent threat like in the 2019 season but now since you've come back uh to your own equipment in this last month and a half or so it seems like you're a threat every single night yeah you know i i think the biggest thing I've learned is to be able to uh, turn the driver mode on and turn the driver mode off and turn the, the mechanic mode on and mechanic mode off, if that makes sense. So like, you know, I spent the last year and a half, I guess, you know, strictly a driver and concentrating only on that. But in the past I was always worried about my car all the time. And, and yes, I had to jump in and still drive it, but I was always worried about, man, I make the right decision here. Then I make the right decision there. And, and then I'd even think about that out in the racetrack too. And I just don't think mentally that was, I wasn't mentally strong enough to be competitive every night like that because of that reason. So this time around, I just been able to, okay, when I get out of the race car, I kind of talked with, you know, my guys and myself and just be like, this is what I felt. And then I'll turn that mode off and then I'll get into, okay, this is what I need to do to the car. But as soon as I get done with that and kind of figure out what I want to do and it's time for me to jump back in the car, I turn that off and just concentrate only on driving. And I don't really care what I did to the car. I don't really care what it's going to go out there and feel like. I'm just going to go out there and drive it to, to the best of my ability. So um, I think that's making a big difference on in my performance out in the racetrack. And um I just got to make sure I keep that same mindset uh, going forward because it can be very hard to um, stay mentally strong in this sport when you race so much. So, um, you know, I just got to just try to keep that up. So that was, I think, one of the biggest things I've learned was I finally got an opportunity to to where I could just fully concentrate on driving and and um, and then coming back to my deal there, I just been able to I don't know switch it on and off and it's it's been working is there anything you picked up working with uh barry over the cjb team uh that you are implying uh, implementing into your own team now i know you said you wanted to try and learn some things from them what what have you been trying to take away maybe put into your own team now yeah i mean i've i've uh i learned different feels in a race car uh you know and um kind of been able to know okay this feeling feels fast here and this feeling feels fast there and uh and I've been able to try to try to get that kind of same feeling um, out of out of my car a little bit, I guess. Um, but as far as like things that have been done to the race cars, you know, with setup stuff, um, I wasn't really heavily involved in any of that over there. So I don't 100 percent know, you know, a lot of what was going on um, as far as setup stuff goes. So, um, yeah, so I haven't really been able to take what they, they've been doing and, and applying it over here. I've just been kind of. Just knowing, you know, okay, hey, you know, this is a new feeling to me and um, this can be really fast. And, you know, what can I do to maybe try to accomplish that same type of feeling? So just been, you know, just going back and forth there a little bit and 
and like I said, you know, earlier, um, there's a lot of stuff that I've been thinking up that I think would work. And I wanted, I've been wanting to try for a long time now and just been either too scared to try it or just never got around to it or whatever. And there's felt like now is the perfect time to do it. So, um, I've been implementing a lot of those things too. And, and, um, yeah, I've just been really happy with it. It's kind of surprising to hear you say that you weren't kind of in, they didn't I guess share what the setup was for you I know like you were just talking about you're very hands-on and knowing your car was that a weird adjustment to just say hey we made this go try it but not really know what they did yeah I mean a little bit you know there, there was nights I was involved um, a little bit but um, a lot of the times you know it's just you know I just you know had all the trust in the world and then to make the right decisions and you know I was hired to be a driver there and not really concentrated on on the setup of aspect of things. And, um, yeah, it's just, uh, um, I just went out there, gave, drove the car, came back, gave my feedback and allowed them to make their adjustments. And, um, you know, there, there was times, you know, we talked about some different ideas and, um, you know, I gave my input and then, you know, whatever they did with it, they did with it. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, there was, there were nights that, you know, I was involved in a little bit and there was nights that, Everything just went smoothly, and I just gave my feedback and just jumped in the thing and went out and drove it. So, um, you know, it's just it was a different atmosphere for sure. You know, it took me a while to get adjusted to that. Um, you know, but yeah, it was um, still an opportunity that you know I I really enjoyed and and uh, don't regret at all. So, um, yeah, I just um, you know just happy that I I had that opportunity in my life. Over the last couple of years or so, I feel like, you know, when I think about drivers who are extremely underrated uh, as far as their, their talent level goes and how fast they consistently are, I feel like your name, seem, for me at least, is right at the top of my list of underrated sprint car racers who are out there. Do, do you feel the same way about yourself, too? Like, you're so consistently strong, uh, and especially lately, but you maybe don't get the attention when you, when you show up to a place that... Uh, you know, a lot of other drivers seem to get as far as being considered a threat for the win on any particular night. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think of that stuff too much. You know, I honestly just go out there and do my thing and just try to do, do the best I can. And, you know, I never I got involved in this because I love it, not because of, you know, I want to be known as, you know, the number one guy. You know, obviously, I want to be the number one guy, but I want to go out there and prove it and, and so on and so forth. But um yeah, I just don't just don't worry about that stuff too much. You know, I think I worry about it more for my sponsors than anything, just because you know they deserve the recognition that um, any other company sponsoring a race car deserves. So, um, you know, just and I know, you know, we got to go out there and be consistently fast. And I've noticed um, a change in just in social media stuff that, you know, we've been definitely a little bit more popular here. Um, as of late and, um, noticed, uh, watching replays of dirt vision broadcasts that been being talked about a lot more. And, um, so I've noticed like a shift and, and, uh, the way I've been, been presented here every race and it's been, been pretty cool. Um, but that's something that I'm just not out there, you know, trying to, trying to achieve. I just want to go out there and race these race cars, have fun and, and compete for wins every night. So, um, I don't really let that get to me at all. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, it definitely, definitely helps though, uh, when it comes to our sponsors and, um, I'm happy that they're getting some more recognition right now too. You also talked about, um, the importance of having a good mentality in racing, um, just that extra recognition and obviously getting that win at Eldora too. Has, has that been a big help in just helping performance too, just having that more positive mentality going in every week? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's all about attitude. Um, a lot, a lot of the nights, you know, you got to go into these races and know that you're going to be good that night. And, um, if you show up to a track and that you're not really comfortable at, and you're like, man, I just want to get the night over with. And, you know, uh, just going to be night of survival. It's like, you know, you're most likely not going to do all that well, just because, you know, your positivity is not there and, you know, you just don't have a good mental attitude. So, um, I try to go into every race with a positive outlook, even if I'm going to a track I don't really like that much. Um, I'm going to show up and do the best I can, and and we're going to go out there and have a good car, and you know we just try to be positive, and um, you know I think that kind of sets the tone for the night. If you can show it positive, hopefully your night will end positive. So um, yeah, we just try to achieve that every every 
every night that we race. So what do you consider to be a track that is your style and is a track that you do like? And then what is a track that you feel is not Brent Marks' style? Well, I don't like the big, fast, flat tracks. Um, for whatever reason, it just does not fit my style. And, I mean, I can go all the way back to go-kart days of racing big tracks that are super flat. And um, I just, I don't know, it's just something that just doesn't fit me very well. Um, but I always enjoy my, you know, little shorter tracks and, you know, um, I do like half miles. I mean, like Port Royal back here at home, I mean, it's a lot of fun for me, but when we hit these little places, like what we ran this weekend at Attic and Sharon, it's like, man, I, I just have a lot of fun, um, on those tracks, you know, and, and tracks that don't have a grip either. You, know, you can kind of slide around and you got to find, you got to find grip in the racetrack and you're just. You're moving around and you mechanically got to get your car hooked up. And, and to me, that's just a lot of fun. And, you know, we just go to some places that are just locked down all night long and just mash the throttle. And, and you know, it can be fun at times, um, you know, but I don't know. I just enjoy, enjoy racing those other tracks that don't have a lot of grip and have a little bit of banking to them and a little bit of character. And, uh, that's just, you know, to me, that's a lot of fun to, to drive these cars in, in those situations. But, um, yeah, I know I got, got to figure out the other, the other stuff, the bigger half mile stuff with the flat tracks, or even if we go to a small track, that's really flat. Um, just seem to, no banking seems to be a common denominator for me that I'm just not very good at. So, uh, it's something I got to work on. Um, I've been working on it for years and, um, just got to keep working at it and hopefully one day conquer it. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just figure that out when the time comes. So I have to laugh cause I'm listening to your description of tracks that you don't seem to really like that much. And that sounds a lot like Williams Grove, which makes me laugh cause you are up, up sitting here as a past national open winner. Yeah. I mean, I have a love hate relationship with Williams Grove. <laughs> you know, I, I grew up there, man. I was, uh, you know, playing with my little sprint cars in the dirt there when I was little. And there's a lot of history there uh, for everyone in Pennsylvania. But for me, too, just because I grew up, you know, watching sprint cars there. And, um, yeah, just some nights I have a lot of fun there and some nights I just do not. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and it's 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 hard because it's hard to it's hard with, with that stuff, you know, because I have won the National Open there and um the type of track that we had that night was kind of like what I don't like to race there, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a funny situation with Williams Grove, but yeah, it's still, still has a special place in my heart, obviously, but, um, yeah, I just have a love hate relationship with it. So are you also telling us maybe don't pick you this weekend for uh Terre Haute in our, uh, uh, draft picks or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, that, that place is, it's a cool track, but, um, it's, it's one of those tracks that I'll probably only go to because I'm forced to. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing I know, uh, you've talked about, uh, before they mentioned on dirt vision, um, great when it comes to racing part, but qualifying maybe needs a little bit of work here and there. What, what do you think it is that is just, that needs a, what do you need to do to get as good at qualifying as you are uh, when it comes to uh, getting to the races? Well, it always seems to take me longer throughout the night to get my car to the point where I feel very comfortable. Um, but I feel like here lately that I'm actually getting my car more comfortable in the beginning of the night. And I've noticed my time trials have been a little bit better. Um, now we were really bad in time trials at Attica on Friday, but I did not feel comfortable at all until really I got to the B main there. And, you never want to be in a B main uh, uh, position, but you know, sometimes those extra laps are a blessing. And, um, I threw some stuff at the car that I thought, you know, might make me more comfortable. And it did. And then we ended up going from 19th to third, but, um, that's just the biggest thing is, you know, right now I'm trying some stuff, ideas that I've had. So some of these tracks that I've, I'm going to, you know, um, it's going to be a struggle because I'm not sure what I'm going to feel at first. And, and, um, you really, you only have three laps and hot laps to try to figure your stuff out. And then you got to go out there and qualify. Um, uh, but that's been my biggest struggle in the past is I haven't been able to get myself comfortable in the beginning of the night. And it takes me, you know, hot laps, time trials, sometimes a heat race 
in order to get my car to where I, I need it. So that's something I got to work on uh, to try to accomplish right away uh, at every racetrack. And I think I'm getting to that point because um, I have noticed that we have been qualifying a little bit better here, um, whether it's an outlaw race or it was, uh, you know, a time trial show here in Pennsylvania or whatever. Um, I've noticed that we've got a little bit better. So I just got to keep working on that some and uh, just try to just try to do better there. But, you know, another thing I got to work on as well is, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm a tall, I'm a tall guy. I'm six, two and, you know, have some weight behind me there because of my height. And, you know, I'm not, you know, not five, seven, you know, 130 pounds, like, um, like some of my competitors are. So we just got to, just got to look at, you know, what can I do to try to lose some weight? You know, I feel like we're almost at the max of what I can do on the race car. And I've been working on losing some weight myself, but unfortunately for me, I'm never going to get down to some of the weight like these guys are. So, um, that plays a major role in it, into it also, especially when you're at racetracks that quick time might be a 14, one and 10th place might be a 14, two, you know, that's really close in time. And if you have 60, 70 pounds of extra weight on your car, that, that can make a difference in being second or 15th. So, um, there's a lot of, a lot of things that go in, into it. Um, I just got to got to keep working on trying to diagnose all that sure so where do you think we're going to see the rest of this season brent i know uh obviously like you said uh your goal is to get back full time with the outlaws but um where do you think your your plans have you headed to with us the rest of this year well i'm gonna continue to try to race with you guys as much as i possibly can uh you know but there's there's a lot of big races happening you know, with the all-stars as well. And even back home here. So because I'm in not in a points position, um, with the outlaws, I'm going to pick and choose and do different, different races and hit some of the bigger shows closer to home here. And then also some of the bigger shows out in the Midwest, uh, with the all-stars and, uh, just try to just try to fill my schedule that way. But, um, I'll still be, be competing with the outlaws, uh, a lot for the rest of the year. I just won't, the furthest I'm going to go is probably river cities there. I won't go any further West than that. Um, and then, you know, while you guys are on the West coast, I'll just be doing a lot of racing, you know, around this area, I guess. So, um, that's kind of my plan. And it's just week to week right now. Um, a little bit of the frustrating part of not following a series is you kind of have to go week to week because you can make a schedule all you want, but it looks like rain this weekend and you might want to change it up and it's just um one nice thing about following the series is you know where you're going to be at every week no matter what whether it's rain or no rain <laughs> so uh it's a, it's a little seems to be a little easier to, to do it that way but um and it also can be frustrating too because it might be raining you know there's a lot of times we'll leave the hotel room going to the track on friday night it's 100 chance of rain and we're all like god why are we why are we doing this you know we're never going to get rained out and then meanwhile five hours down the road there's another race that pays really good and you're like man we should i really just want to go there but we can't you know so it has its ups and downs but um it's it's all good it's still we still have fun doing it i'll see you owned your own team successfully for quite a few years uh going back to it what, what does it take just to uh put your own team out on the road like that and out on a tour full-time also you gotta consider your crew guys and your sponsors and or like you said ordering parts and making sure things are on time scheduling things what what kind of all goes into that and how do you try and manage that while still focusing focusing on your driving duties yeah i mean it's it's a lot to it you know and you know it just you really got to try to surround yourself by good people, um, people that can help you uh, to accomplish the things that you need to accomplish. Uh, and it takes a lot of workload off off your back. So, um, you know, and that's the thing that I think every team strives you know, to, to do is to build a team full of good people. And, um, you know, and that's what kind of makes these race cars fast sometimes. I mean, if you can have those type of people behind you, you can concentrate on the things you need to concentrate without having to deal with every other little thing that that really shouldn't matter to you. But, um, yeah, there's just a lot that goes into it. You know, right now I'm in the process of, you know, I got to get everything uh, straightened out with, you know, the funding. And, and I got to build a, a team back, you know. Um, I have... Uh, 
Fudd right now who's been helping me out and he's been really good. Uh, but he's in a position now where he can kind of only do it part time. So really hoping that maybe he can change that and come full time with me because he's been great for me and been helping me out a lot here and um, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, you got to put together your logistical stuff as far as you know, where you're going to stay, your travel, you know, with all the hotels and travel back and forth to, uh, you know, from your shop and, and stuff like that. And it's just, uh, there's just so much to it, man. And, you know, and then just try to get your game plan together on, on what you want to do with your race cars and how you want your things done. And, um, like I said, it just really all comes down to people. Once you get the right people in place, it makes it a lot easier. Do you enjoy that challenge? I do. Yeah, I, I enjoy that challenge. Um, it's it's fun to me, especially when you, it's especially when you you know accomplish what you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. It's very rewarding feeling. Um, and uh, you know, to me, it's, I'll use the National Open for for example. When I won that thing, it's like you know. I don't even know how to describe the feeling I had and still have about winning that race. I mean, I got the trophy and the belt sitting right to my desk in <laughs> the Murray's car shop. Like it's just, it's that special to me because, you know, we we're a small team and we work as hard as we can and, you know, try to build the experience in this team as well. And when you go ahead and accomplish something like winning the national open, it's just really, it's really special. And it's a feeling that's hard to describe, but um, yeah, it's just uh, very rewarding. Yeah, that's definitely, it's, uh, it was definitely a really cool night. Uh, glad I got to be there and, uh, excited to, uh, uh, see you back on the road a little bit more with us and, uh, hopefully even longer again. I uh, appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Yeah, sure thing. Thanks for having me. Uh, hope to be out there again soon. And, and, uh, I've always enjoyed my time racing with the outlaws. Thank you to Brent Marks for joining us today. Uh, that was uh, a lot of fun. You know, Nick, what I took away from that is Brent says that he's not paying attention to the fact that, like, people don't talk about him the way they do a Sheldon or Aaron Reitzel or David Gravel or Donnie Logan Brad. You know, the guys that get mentioned every week. Every but... driver on the tour. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but he says he's not. But as I listen to that answer, he is. You oh, know, yeah. he I said mean, he's, he's he saw he's seen the tweets and he's uh, seen the tweets. It's like I hear the way things have changed on on Dirt Vision in the last few weeks. I'm like, okay, you're you're paying attention, Brent. You're paying attention. Well, I, I think that just like we kind of talked about in there, it helps mentality. You know, it, yeah. it gives them a good sense, a good feeling that hey, I'm I'm doing something cool here, and people are recognizing it. You know what I really enjoyed was how humble he is and how honest he is. You know, oh, yeah. uh, there's so many race car drivers, and you can probably attest to this because. Uh, you still race part time, and used to race a lot more frequently than you, than you do now because you don't really have the time for it with your full time gig here as the PR guy out of the world of outlaws. But it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Yeah, I guess so. It pays the bills, right? Yeah, for now. <laughs> <laughs> so many racers. Um, when you're when you're in a sport where, listen, we we all know that this is a, a team sport, so I don't want to say this the, the wrong way. But when you're in a sport where so much of your performance is predicated on, on the job that one person is doing and that one person being the driver behind the wheel, you have to have an extreme amount of confidence to be able to go out there and know that you're going to get the job done to be able to get the job done. So, so many race car drivers are so extremely confident that they border on arrogance. I didn't get that at all from, from Brent Marks. He no. was very honest about where he struggles, where he can do better, not just... You know, I I am a fantastic race car driver, and the other shortcomings have to rise up to my level, you know? And yeah, I he really said appreciate he's the best that. driver he's seen at his age. We, that's what he hasn't said. <laughs> he's never going to come back on this show if you keep bringing that up. He's never going to talk to this ever hey, again. Hey, he had a great answer for that. He was that he, was he was at least good spirit. Now. But my yeah, no, yeah. Goodness. Yeah, Brent is definitely, like you said, super humble, really cool guy. Uh, just, yeah. Doesn't hold back. Addresses what what needs to be fixed and tries to fix it. Yeah, I really enjoyed listening to him. Uh, I, I mean, you and I were both at the National Open 2019. That was a ton of fun. Um, it was cool how 
the posse still embraced him as one of their own, even though he was technically an outlaw by that oh, he's point. Definitely I mean, an it, was his third, it was his yeah, third yeah. year on the tour. He's an outlaw. But they but were like, no, nope, we're what claiming make, this that's win. That's what makes Brent so good. He somehow brought the outlaw people and the posse people together to celebrate a victory oh, together. Was it was so great. It was that such was, a fun victory lane. It really was. Uh, yeah, that was so much fun. Uh, we're going to move on to recapping this past weekend's uh, racing action. Uh, as we mentioned at the start of the show, started Friday night at Attica Raceway Park, the Kistler Racing Engines Classic, um, Attica, Ohio, super fun little uh, little racetrack there, especially when the Outlaws come to town. And as we said, David Gravel went to Victory Lane on Friday night. Um, you know, Nick, I confused my Friday and Saturday there for for Sheldon's performances and at the start of the show. Friday was the one I was thinking of. Yes. That yeah. that was not Sheldon Hoddenshield's making. An, uh, this was another race, as we mentioned earlier before the interview, where Sheldon Hoddenshield in the 17 car is just driving away from the field, and something happens. And unfortunately, it was a lapped car literally lost his left rear, I think it was his left rear tire, Right in front of Sheldon, spun right in front of him, had nowhere to go except right into him, loses the lead. Like, are you are you kidding? Yeah, just one of those things you couldn't do anything about. Sure, you can say maybe he should have went lower or something, but you can't. The, everything happened so quick there. It was just a racing deal and just unfortunate. I mean, that would have been – I mean, if little things like that didn't happen, he would have probably – the amount of wins to rival Brad, maybe even be mm-hmm. super close to him in points, and we'd probably be even talking even more about him. But unfortunately, just that happened. Yeah. So the the benefactor in this was David Gravel. Uh, started fourth, finished first. Donnie Shot started seventh, finished second. And man, I mean, if this caution happened two laps earlier, Donnie Shots is the leader on the restart. Yeah. It could have been a Donnie Shots night, but it was still a good one. Just wasn't the one yet. Yes. Rounding out the podium, as we mentioned, from 19th to 3rd was our guest today, Brent Marks. Uh, what a performance out of him. What a, what a what a drive through the field that was. And that was one of those, like you mentioned earlier, you're not even paying attention to, to what's happening, and suddenly there he is. You know, Sheldon was putting on such a show. We're, we're just focusing up front because it was such an impressive drive. Next just, thing you know, we're like, whoa. Yeah, where did he come from? Kind of going off of everything we were just the interview and everything. Uh, and Brent's first eight races this year, when he was in the five car for CJB, he had an average finish of twelfth. And his first eight races back in his own car, he had an average finish of sixth. And he's already got a win in that car. First time out in that car with us, he had a win too. Yeah, he's he's already up to I think it's like uh, what do you got four or five top five or something this year, and like I think the most he's ever had in one year is seven. So he's Easily probably going to beat that this year. It's been supremely impressive, uh, his early season run so far in going back into his own equipment. Uh, Rounding at the top five, Carson Macedo in fourth. Eighth to fourth was his run in the 41 machine. Brad Sweet finished in fifth, started in third. James McFadden went from 12th to 6th. Logan Schuhart started ninth, finished in seventh. Brock Zierfoss went from 16th to eighth. Wayne Johnson finished in ninth. He started, uh, I believe, 21st. What a drive for great, Wayne Johnson yeah, on Friday night. Uh, Craig Mint started 13th and finished in 10th to round out the top 10. Your lap leaders on the night, Brandon Smithaler, uh, led literally lap one uh, before unfortunately spinning out. He had such a strong night going. Uh, it was a great performance for one of Attica's local drivers. Uh and then lap two just kind of lost it in turn four. Uh, I think him and Sheldon made maybe they? a little bit of contact. Okay. Um, but it, it, was, it was definitely a racing deal. Yeah. Uh, he looked like he was trying to get to the outside of Sheldon. Maybe she, you can always say backseat driver. Maybe she'll let off and try to dive underneath him. But it's kind of stayed up high above Sheldon. Sheldon was going in a turn. Like, there's no way Sheldon knew he was definitely there. Sure. Or not. Just driving his line, and they kind of made a little bit of contact. And unfortunately, it happened, but he still got a good finish, decent finish out of it yeah where he ended up finishing uh 17th actually or maybe um, not as decent as i thought but <laughs> better than <laughs> last ahead of the guy that made the contact <laughs> with him true. so uh hooray for small victories i guess uh sheldon hottenshield led laps two through nine 18 and 19 and 22 through 38 uh before 
The final caution did him in. David Gravel led laps 10 through 17, 20 through 21, and the most important ones, laps 39 and 40. Your KSE Hard Charger Award went to Brent Marks for the 16-place run from 19th to 3rd, as we mentioned. And then we turn the page to Saturday. Sharon Speedway. The return to Sharon Speedway, I think the first time since 2007, was that yeah, right? Yeah, now? something like that. I think 14 years. First time since 2007. Uh, the Outlaws are back at Sharon Speedway. Have you ever been to Sharon, Nick? I have not. I've been to Attica, but I haven't been to Sharon. I wish I was there. Yeah, it's a fun place. Uh, pretty cool place. Cell service is a bit of a struggle. I heard. Yeah. Um, but if you're going as a race fan, it's kind of fun, to, you know, unless you're one of those people that wants to share a lot on social media. But if you're going to just kind of have a fun night at the races, you can just put your phone away and sit there and watch some cars go in circles really fast, and it's a lot of fun. I think that night was a good night to not have your phone out and just watch that one. Which a lot of people did. Crowd was yes. great, and I got to tell you, the crowd reaction when that 10 machine of Dave Blaney got underneath Sheldon for the lead with about four or five to go was incredible. Yes. I bet I had the same reaction as everybody else. I jumped out of my seat. I could not believe what I was seeing. It was so cool. So, uh, winner... Saturday night, Dave Blaney, the 1995 World of Outlaws champion, goes to victory lane for the first time since 1997. Now, I got a few fun facts about that, but I'm going to get us through the yep. rundown first. Uh, Sheldon Hodgenshield finished in second. Carson Macedo rounded out the podium in third. David Gravel finished fourth. Brad Sweet finished in fifth. Uh, that was a six-spot gain for Brad Sweet. He started 11th, finished in fifth. Brent Marks finished in sixth. Brock Zierfoss in 7th, Logan Schuhart 8th, Craig Kinzer ninth, and James McFadden in 10th. Missing from that list, one spot behind it in 11th was Donnie Schatz. Went from 19th to 11th, 8 spot gain. That's not bad. Uh, minimized the damage as he's trying to still climb back up through the point standing, so yep. that wasn't uh, wasn't too bad there for him. Uh, your point standing, actually, let me go through the lap leaders like normal. Uh, Sheldon Hodgeshield led laps 1 through 34. This was a 35-lap race. That lap was led by Dave Blaney. The most important lap. He got it. Wayne Johnson gets your KSE Hard Charger Award. He went plus nine. Where did he end up finishing? 12th from 21st. That's uh, two pretty solid nights there for, for old Wayne. Yeah, I think that's definitely what he and his team needed to get a little bit of momentum going and some good luck on their side. I agree. So the point standings. Following Saturday night at Sharon Speedway as we uh, turn the corner towards Terre Haute. Uh, this upcoming Friday, Brad Sweet is still at top of the standings. David Gravel is 56 points back. Carson Macedo is in third, 86 points back. Donnie Schatz is up to fourth, 150 points out of the lead. Sheldon Hoddenshield is fifth, 164 points out. My goodness. Could you imagine if both of these nights were wins? There's a bunch of nights that could have been yes. wins. Unfortunately, but uh, I think, but there's going to be a lot more nights to come still. Obviously, he's up front almost every week and just got to eliminate nights like Sharon. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, that one, that one was more in his control. A little bit. Yeah. I was, uh, I was watching like, well, what are you, why are you doing that? Like, I obviously backseat driver again, you know, you can always say, why are you doing that? You're just moved down a lane. You're like, you see, like you got Not this even thing a lane. one. Like, move down like, Six inches. Yeah. You know? Because that was, you know, he was running his typical line right, right at the wall. and Like, obviously, that was it work. the fast line. It's just every now and then he stepped over, stepped over a little bit too much and just And when you build it. the lead up that, that he had earlier in the race before, uh, before the late caution came out, that's not that big a deal because he had like a six-second lead. Yeah. You can, af you can afford to bang off the wall a little bit as, not, as long as you're not damaging the car. You can still afford to be doing that. But... When you got someone underneath you that you know is there, because he got ahead of him a little bit on the restart coming out of turn two, and then Sheldon powered back by him. You know he's there. You got to make sure you're not hitting that wall. But this is really easy for me to say, who's never sat in the seat of a race car outside of a go kart. Right. Obviously, so. that was the line that worked for him. He knew that was going to work, and it's just he took the risk, and unfortunately, it bit him at the worst spot. You run that kind of line, that that's the risk you. Yeah, that's the risk that happens. But so. you know, it's impressive to watch him do it because I bet you anybody sure else is. out there trying to do it, they would have wrecked that first hit. He just kept bouncing off the wall, bouncing off the wall, and it just uh, kept on going. <laughs> if you told me to sit down in the 17 car and go run the line that he's running, I'd be dead in the lap. Oh, I'd, I'd probably, <laughs> yeah, I'd be flipped. I'd, 
They're like, all right, you're not driving that car anymore. There, there, you're done. There's a building <laughs> about 10 feet off of turn one. Well, it's uh, 10 feet's probably an ex- uh, gross underestimation. It's probably more like 30 feet off of turn one uh, that I probably would have ended up inside of that building if, if they would have just told me to go out and do that. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's super impressive, but that's the risk you take. And unfortunately, like you said, also, I think even uh, Carson Macedo might have mentioned it in his interview. Like, it's becoming a thing where drivers are kind of just, if they're in a second, they're just going to kind of sit and wait because they kind of know that might happen. They're not going to try and uh, use up their equipment to catch them, but they know they're not going to catch them. They'll just sit there and wait and hope he bounces off the wall. I think Macedo even said, like, oh, we know Sheldon was going to go up there and probably bounce off the wall a couple times just kind of wait to see what happens so that's really interesting because if 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 you put you put yourself in sheldon hoddenshill's shoes mm-hmm. as a former racer yourself if you hear your fellow driver and competitor say that do you go out and continue what you're doing because you're fast doing it or do you be like okay now if they if they think that that's going to happen because it's happened so frequently i've got to go and make some sort of adjustment well i think for him like I don't know if he heard it or listened to it or whatever, but I, if I heard it, like it just you can't let it get into your head because then you think, oh, if I can't run that line anymore, you're just going to mess up because okay. that's your line. You got to hit your line. You got to keep doing it and just try and perfect it better than you're doing it and just eliminate the little mistakes. Like we saw him do it at Eldora, really. Like he, I think it was through three and four, he bounced off a couple times, yes. but he just made a little bit of adjustment that you could see him do, and he just hit it perfect every time, and that's how he just ran down Donnie and got by him for the win. I think it's just making sure you do that every race if you're going to try and run that line like don't let it get into your head that you can't do it and then you're never going to be up there again fair enough i'm glad i asked that question thank you that's my take all right uh we went through the points already uh did we yes okay no we didn't we got to the top five we got to sheldon aaron reitzel is sixth he is 200 points out logan Schuhart is seventh 204 points back craig kinzer eighth 462 points out brock zierfoss ninth 528 out and james mcfadden is in the top 10 538 points out so uh i gotta tell you the the name that stands out to me the most there is the name in seventh which is logan Schuhart. Mm -hmm. you know i i really thought that I think it was Tuesday's win at Bridgeport, was going to give him the momentum that he would need going forward, and it just didn't seem like it did that this weekend. And these are decent, or at least, can't say Sharon is, but Attica's not really a bad racetrack for him. Yeah, the whole Shark team this year, even Jacob, it seemed like they don't have the same kind of consistency that they had last year. Yeah. Like, they're having good runs here and there, but it's if you look at it like a line graph, it's just these spikes. There's not a consistent flow of the yes, lines. I agree. Uh, Nick, I promised you some some fun facts. I am excited for these. There's only a few, so don't get... I would say get excited right away and then stay excited for it. Don't like try to let your excitement gradually build for the last one because I only got like four and then your excitement's going to be over really fast. Okay, well, hopefully uh, everybody listening is excited and we'll get them excited and they can be excited to hear it now. Be excited. Okay, so... Dave Blaney's most recent win prior to Saturday night came on October 21st of 1997 at Southern New Mexico Speedway. 1997. 1997. How old were you, Nick? I was probably six, I think. Okay, I was five. So, sorry, Dave. But... I guess that makes us old, Nick, because there was a lot of people on Twitter on Saturday night saying, you know, yeah, they were never born if you were alive yeah. for it, and if you were alive like, for man. it, you're old. So, um, even as a five-year-old at the time, it, it now makes me feel old. But so the top song in Ooh. October of Ooh. 1997, Nick, do you know what that would have been? I have no idea. Okay, it belongs to Elton. Sorry, Sir Elton oh. John. It was "Candle in the Wind." Wow. It went to the top, if I remember right. It went to the top at uh, the start of October, and it stayed there through the rest of the year on the top 200 chart for Billboard. Uh, the top movie. Oh, all right. Here we go. Can you guess what the top movie would have been at the end of October in 1997? If you get this, I am just going to hang up my headset and leave. <laughs> I don't even I don't think I can even think of what came out that year. Uh, this one stunned me. Um, that's why, like, I would have that reaction. Idiocracy? Was that that old yet? I, no, I have never even heard of it. I have no, no idea. Okay, never mind. You want to know what it yes. was? Okay. Uh, I'll, g- I'll give you a hint as to who is in it. 
or I'll tell you who's in it and give you a hint and see if you can get it based off of that. Uh, the always lovely Jennifer Love Hewitt was the main star of this movie. And I will also give you another hint. It's technically of the horror genre. Oh. Wait, is that Scream? No. No? Was she, in, was she not in Scream? I don't think so. No? Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. She could have been. I, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're taking it. Yeah. Okay. I know what you did last summer. Oh, man. Yeah. That wow. was the top That's movie. That old? Yes, wow. that was the top movie in October, late October of 1997. And you know what else has happened since Dave Blaney's most, now second most recent victory uh, in 1997? All 10 of Donnie Schatz's World of Outlaws championships. Wow. Yes. It's impressive. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. That's all I got. That was, like I said, short and sweet. That was uh, something. Yeah, no, that was that's really cool. That's always fun. Well, you didn't last. Oh yeah, I would have never thought of that. Me neither. I I thought uh, Google was giving me the wrong year when I when I saw that as a search result, and then I dug a little bit deeper, and I was like, holy crap! I'm trying to think what what was what else was on in 1997. Nickelodeon had to have some good stuff on then, right? I feel like Ren and Stimpy was probably popular then. Yeah. Um, um, all was all all that was that what had they called to be. it? Had to be. Uh, didn't Titanic come out in 1997? I think around there. Maybe 98. I don't know. In that time frame, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to remember. I was five. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was five. Had no idea that Southern New Mexico Speedway even existed. Uh, to be honest with you, had no idea that the World of Outlaws even existed when I was five. To be honest, I don't think I've even had was had even gone to a racetrack yet i had i can tell you that i did that uh my my very first race was in june of 1996 as a four-year-old i went down to dover international speedway for their june weekend so i saw the the bush series 200 and the cup series 500 on sunday as a four-year-old wow when sat through 600 miles of racing 700 miles of racing do you actually remember any of it i do a little bit yeah uh, Jeff Gordon won the the two first races that I ever went to in June and September of 96. Um, and we stayed at this hotel that had an indoor pool. And I never even knew that that was a thing. I thought it was the coolest thing ever until I was like 12. <laughs> <laughs> like, and we only stayed there that one weekend. And every other time we would go down, we would stay somewhere else. I'm like, why can't we go back to the place with the indoor pool? And he's, my dad's like, that place is asking for too much money. I'm like, because it has an indoor pool, it's worth it. Right. Yeah. I'm like four, <laughs> four, five years old. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Just pay it. Like, isn't that what you do? Don't we have like infinite money? Money means no. nothing. Turns out that wasn't the case. But uh, yeah. So I was actually, I was f- at least four race weekends in, into my life by the time Dave Blaney won. Because I would have went to both Dover races in 97 as well. Nice. So, so yeah. Nice. Seen some racing, just not of the uh, dirt-winged sprint car variety at that point of my uh, my youth. Yeah, that came a little later. Yeah. Yeah. It sure did. You got any fun facts for us, Nick? You're Something full of stats. Uh, I was just looking into. We were talking about points and people you're looking at. Uh, Carson Macedo, you know, he's kind of been creeping up there. He's been pretty consistent uh, lately. I think he had two top fives over this weekend. I'm uh, just kind of looking at um, going off his last 18 races compared to like Brad and David's, um, he's uh, kind of been a little better than them. Um, let's see if I can read my uh, chicken scratch here. Um, so if you take out, I think he had uh, finishes of 16th at the Grove and 20th at Eldora. Um, but if you take those out, his worst finish is 8th. He hasn't finished worse than 8th in the last uh, in the, that 18 race span. He's had two wins, 12 top fives, and 16 top tens. Average finish of 5.6. Um, obviously, Brad has the most wins. Uh, Gravel's got three in that time. But uh, their top tens and top fives are a little bit less. Brad has 10 top fives and 13 top tens. Um, average finish of 5.7. Basically the same, but just that point one less. Uh, Gravel's uh, Macedo has a little bit better on him. And for David Gravel, it's eight top fives and 15 top tens, average finish of sixth. So Carson's coming in here um, 
pretty early on and making himself a points contender. Yeah, he's been really strong lately. Um, there's definitely no denying that, and you just gave us the the numbers to back that up. Uh, he's got the second most top tens out of out of anyone on the whole season. Um, so that's that's another indicative marker. Uh, sitting there with 21 top tens and 26 starts. You know what's really cool? Is we just completed our 26th race, and we're talking points and stuff, but we're not talking about it winding down like we were last year. Because we only had 30 races left on the calendar yeah. at 26 races. Yeah, we got a lot of races left. Sure do. 60 or more? Yeah, I believe, I believe really? so. Uh, Mother Nature permitting. Yeah, um, of course. So that's that's cool on its own. Um, I'm just really excited to see what the rest of the season has to offer. And we've got so many big races coming up that we didn't get to have last year. So there's just yeah, we a, got a lot two of fun still left to be had. King's Royals, which I think watch out for Brent Marks for the King's for Royals. Real. Yes. Um, obviously, the Knoxville Nationals will be back again on Dirt Vision. Hell yeah. Uh, get that exclusive, exclusively on the Platinum Dirt Vision Fast Pass. Yes. Yes, you can indeed do that. You know what else uh, happened this weekend, Nick? Um, did you see the 305 race at Attica on Friday night, the support class to the I Outlaws? unfortunately missed it. Did you turn, I heard turn that it, it was off pretty, before it happened? Yeah, I forgot there was even a support class oh, after. Because usually they're before ours, so once we're like, oh, we're done. And then I'm like, I see everybody on Twitter, all the support class. I'm like, oh, man. It was an absolute barn burner. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, it was so good. And you know what else was pretty good last night was uh, the... 410 feature at Hewsett Speedway in Brandon, South Dakota. Uh, that was a pretty good show. Uh, Justin Henderson scored his second straight win at Hewsett's, I believe, second straight win. Had to hold off Brooke Tatnell to do it. Um, that was a pretty good race. And you know what else happened this weekend? The track record at Knoxville Raceway yes. has fallen. Crazy. by I, th- I think just a few tenths, but still. Yeah. Brian yeah. Brown got it. Yes. It's, uh, you. He won a... They had two features. He won both yes. of them. Uh, it's pretty interesting to hear that he's basically using these races as preparation for when the uh, War of Outlaws come there in June. He's already thinking ahead for that. Have to, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, Brownie's so good at the weekly shows, always, every year. He's uh, got to make sure he can can beat us when we roll into town. And usually he's really good at the, at the June event. He is, yep. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, usually he's... he's uh, I struggled a little bit lately, last couple of years, I think, at the Nationals yeah. to try and yeah. have a good shot at it. But, yeah, he's been pretty strong at uh, the June events. But, yeah, 15-year-old track record fell on Saturday night at Knoxville Raceway. Uh, to be honest with you, that was something that I literally just remembered right off the top of my head here, Nick. Uh, so I don't actually have the time pulled up. Uh, I'm going to try to do that. I believe... I'm- just off the top of my head, I believe it was a 14 point something. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Nick. Thank you for that. You are you would be correct. <laughs> it was a 14.351 second lap around the half mile of Knoxville Raceway for an average speed of about 125 miles per hour. The old track record there was a 14.407 that belonged to Brooke Tatnell in 2006. And it fell on Saturday night. Now, it was an interesting set of circumstances that led to that. Um, had a little bit of rainfall yep. during hot laps. Uh, track did a great job to not lose the racetrack. They just They're kept, always kept their there. vehicles yes. out, even during the, the little shower that we got. And uh, made sure that it didn't take too long to run the place back in. And man, was she juiced up after the rain. <laughs> And he went out there and just laid a blistering lap. Um, That was really cool. Really cool. And, yeah, as you said, he went on and uh, won both races. They ran two 410 features. One was a makeup because they got rained out, uh, I believe, a week ago. Um, So he won the originally scheduled race. That one he just dominated. He just shot to the outside (laughs) in the first lap and was gone. Yeah, he dominated that one. The second one he had to work a little bit harder for, um, and that was – that was a pretty fun show, but yeah, Brian Brown, new track record, Knoxville Raceway. Uh, Knoxville's coming up, as you pretty said. Pretty soon, yep, June. June 11th and 12th, I believe. 
I believe you are correct. The Brownells uh, Big Guns Bash? Yes, sir. That would be it. Before we get there, I said before. I meant to say but before we get there, the UT in but just didn't come out. It was just before. Before we get there. We have first have to go to Terre Haute, Indiana on Friday the 28th. That'll be this upcoming Friday uh, for an always fun event at the Terre Haute Action Track. Then Monday, so Saturday and Sunday, Memorial Day weekend, the sprint cars are off. But they'll be back in action on the holiday itself on Memorial Day, Monday, May 31st at Lawrenceburg Speedway. These are obviously the biggest races in Indiana happening this weekend. Yes, I don't think there is any other event happening Not that I can there, think right? of. Nothing else that... Nope. No. Nothing at all. Um, yes, the racing world will have all of its eyes. What a weird statement that was. The racing world's eyes will be trained upon Terre Haute in Lawrenceburg on Friday and Monday. And on Sunday, I think the racing world's eyes are just going to be closed. Yeah, I'm not sure. It was something supposed to be happening. I, I don't know, but no, I don't think so. The yeah. big race there usually takes place in September. Yeah, I think that's last just year. the day of rest for World of Outlaws the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the big, the big Indianapolis 500 is a September race. That's when it was last year. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. So you, you don't yeah, have to worry about anything this Sunday. Yeah. World of Outlaws. Get your tickets. Have some fun, in Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, go to World of Outlaw races. Absolutely. Um, what else do we got here? Yeah, that's pretty much it. You're right. Uh, worldofoutlaws.com to go get your tickets. Go to dirtvision.com to get your fast pass uh, to make sure that you can watch all of this if you can't actually be at the racetrack. Um, do you think we'll see an Indiana driver win one of these Indiana races? No. That would probably be a good bet because one has not won uh, at Terre Haute since 2006, that was Joey Saldana, and has not won at Lawrenceburg since 2009, which was also Joey Saldana. Well, how about that? Come on, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nick, on that note, I think it's time to uh, to wrap this up so we don't, uh, or at least I don't go further off the rails. Probably, yeah. We might go off into tangents about who knows what movie next. Yeah. Yeah. So let's wrap it here. Uh, big thanks to Brent Marks for joining us this morning uh, on today's episode. That was a lot of fun. And uh, thank you all again for listening in as always. And until next time, I'm Rob Blount from Dirt Vision. I am Nick Graziano, the PR God. We'll catch you all next week. Bye bye. Hashtag Brent.